You don't drive fast, you're drunk. Don't worry about it, I drive better when I'm drunk. <laughs> You've got a weird sense of humor, you know that? <laughs> but you laugh at everything. Weather reports, contracts. You laugh at everything, huh? Everything. Keep it straight. We are swerving all over the place. Hey, on straight. I'm on the yellow line, I told you. Move over to one side. The I'm other on side. one what side. Yeah, it's one side, side yeah. over there. Get over here. Keep to the right, Keep I told you. Over there. Where are you? Look out. Cow show, the Nightfly with Dave Jessica, the podcast that everybody loves. And here we are playing one of the gayest songs of all time to open the show with because I uh, kind of got obsessed with it uh, last week. I don't know why. Yes, it's the classic 38 special, Caught Up in You, but sung by some band called We the Kings. And I don't know whether they're uh, what their deal is, but the, 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 the guy has a very nice singing voice. Uh, kind of like me when I put on the new auto tutor. You, little girl, you're the one that put me down on my knees, so caught up in you, oh, and baby, it's true, you're the one, call me, baby, it's all me, how good it could be. Yeah, the auto-tuner is back, everybody. Yeah, my new uh, my new board with the auto tuner. It's kind of fun, huh? Hey, how you doing, everybody? It's been a couple of weeks since we've been alone together. But uh, yeah, there's something I, I got to tell you. The, the, the reason I uh, saw this song, or I, I was at Caroline's. This is a great story. I was at Caroline's doing Bob DeBono's. Uh, I can't get out of the radio voice right now for some reason. Doing a Bob DeBono show. Bob DeBono is uh, the lovely uh, person who plays Donald Trump in my last two shows in the uh, Grease show when he played the Teen Angel as Donald Trump. And then in Love Actually, as he played the President of the United States, uh, formerly played by Billy Bob Thornton. And then he played Donald Trump in uh, Love Actually instead of the Billy Bob Thornton character, uh, which was a lot of fun. He's a very good Trump impersonationist, impressionist is what I meant. 
but uh, doesn't really get the accolades like the guy on Comedy Central or whoever else. But then sometimes um, when I see a Trump impersonator, I can't tell whether it's him or not. Anyway, a lovely guy, and I did his show at Caroline's, which is a big Trump. I think he calls it Trump Day, and it's Wednesday. The next one, February 20th, I'll also be on at Caroline's. Uh, I think it's a, I don't know, it's Wednesday, Thursday, night, whatever it is, February 20th. The next date, I'll be performing. Now, we're done with that. When I did the show uh, several weeks ago, I believe January 10th it was, uh, this is the best. <laughs> so I do the show, and uh, I'm playing, because he said, what characters do you? And I'm like, look, all my characters stink. Uh, you know, if you would ask me this in 1987, I think we would have had a better rapport. But uh, the only one I care to do now is Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think everybody knows that about me. I mean, how many times do I got to tell Tom Papa when he says, what other imitations do you do? I go, Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's all you need to know, dummy. Because that's all I want to do. Here's a listen. That's all I want to do is Mike Damone. Hey, I'm just telling you that Stacy's a very aggressive girl. And uh, she makes some really good iced tea. I don't know why I'm obsessed with it. I really just don't know. But I love doing Bike to Boat from Fast Times at Redmond High. So I get up on the stage, and it's horrible. For some reason, they, I, you know, I, have the, I, I had the opening song on my phone, you know, the uh, Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown. Wasn't working. And then they didn't have a second mic for me. So the whole thing was a disaster. Donald Trump brings me up. He's like, sometimes we have a lot of celebrities in the audience. I definitely don't do it with Donald Trump. And uh, let's bring him up. Here's Mike Damone from Fast Times Original High. So I'm wearing the scarf. Not the piano scarf. But I'm wearing the scarf. I get, I get the hat. So I get up on stage. I'm doing it. Nobody knows who it is. I, I made a reference. I'm like, hey, listen, that's what you get when you're doing a bit from a 40-year-old film. You know, I mean, they, they got it. They didn't get it. Whatever. It didn't matter. I didn't really care. I really didn't care. I think I'm so used to bombing now that nothing really bothers me. You know, I just move on and, you know, I have my shows at the cellar that do well where I can at least say, no, no, see, I am something. I don't know whether it's funny, but, to, 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 but I can do stuff. So it doesn't. Maybe it just doesn't make me feel as bad as I used to because I know I'm not, uh, you know, a very good comic now. So I do the show, and I'm I'm having a good time anyway, and and I'm in the green room with Bob and a couple of the other the, the young kids, uh, the comics. Also, uh, the older kid, uh, John Fugelsang, who I've known for many years because we were on, we did the McEnroe show together. If you can believe that, many years ago on CNBC over in Jersey. And uh, he's an interesting guy, and he asked me to be on his serious uh, show. But then I saw he was asking everybody, and I got kind of angry about that because I think Irene's on that show. And she's like, oh, you got to get on that show. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go on the show whenever. Whenever I ask me to somebody to go be on the show, I go on a show. I love doing radio. I love doing podcasts. I don't care what it is. I'll always go on. Definitely a whore that way. I just I love to talk. Obviously, I love to talk. I just got a cup of coffee next door, and that girl was like, are you sure you need coffee? Because I wouldn't stop talking. I'm like, and let me tell you another thing about chocolate milk. Chocolate milk's terrific. You know, I just got it at the store. I got one of those gallons where they have the glass bottles, but they have the chocolate milk in it. It's not as delicious because it really should be non-fat. In fact, they make it non-fat, but it should be fat because if you're going to have chocolate milk, you might as well have it. Hey, have you ever been to Serendipities and had the frozen hot chocolate there? It's terrific. Yeah, you got to go in there. The food's not that good, but I'll tell you a story about Serendipities. One time I went there on Thanksgiving and this, I mean, I just wouldn't, she's like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, relax. Oh, I remember you from last time. She's very pretty, but she's very young. And I had to impress her with my, oh, yeah, no, you're kidding. Kate Beckinsale and I are very good friends. 
I don't know where that came up from. Or maybe because it's a show serendipity. Anyway, you know, because then you, you try and, you know, you, you, you know, it's a, a girl. So you're like, oh, are you kidding? Yeah, I know every. Have you ever heard of Dave Patel? He's my friend. So, because, you know, you're very attractive girls. So I'm just trying to, you know, press you with the knowledge that I, you know, know comedians. Um, anyway, so, uh, was I so, so, so I'm, uh, I'm, in the green room at Caroline's, and uh, I gotta say it's uh, it's great being back at Caroline's. You know, twenty year ban, twenty year ban, and I heard from the staff, like this girl that works there, that um, oh my god, Caroline was so excited that you were coming here, and so it made me so happy because you know there was a major altercation twenty years ago, and now it's over. Like just with the comedy, still the same thing, and I'm like back. I just wish I was better. Anyway. Let's not get off track, because we already have. Two people in wheelchairs come to the green room, and they're dying to meet me. Because they're very nice, but they're in wheelchairs. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, anytime I see something like that, I'm just thinking of a tell, because, you know, we would have material after that. Very nice, but they, they are dying to meet me. They want a picture with me. They want my autograph. Because why? They think I'm actually... The guy who played Mike Damone in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> so how disappointed. <laughs> and the only way they didn't know, because if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't I be the guy from Fast Times? I'm old, I'm fat, I'm bald. I mean, that guy, I, don't, I haven't seen that guy in years. I don't, I don't even, we don't even know his name. We just call him Damone from Fast Times. So it technically, if you think about it, it make, I should just tell people I... Played Mike Timon at Fast Times. I might as well. So they thought it was him. So then, you know, I'm doing the voice when they come over because I can't get out of it because I just love doing it. And then I'm like, hey, great meeting you guys. She's like, well, what happened to your voice? And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is my voice. She's like, what? Oh, and to tell two people in a wheelchair, you know, trying to get out of a, a non-wheelchair friendly place <laughs> that you're not who they thought they were. Well, you just feel like a bag of crap. I mean, how funny is it that I have to feel bad that I'm not the actual Mike Damone from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I mean, I, I, if I had known, I and I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't. I thought for sure they didn't. They didn't know, so I would have kept the voice up. It's like in the '90s when everybody thought I was Nicolas Cage, and some older people and Chinese people definitely thought I was Nicolas Cage. I sometimes kept it up and said, "Like, uh, just tell me you saw Face Off," because I didn't want to disappoint them. I mean, how bummed would they be? If they found, I met Nicholas Cage tonight, I don't know how they can't tell it's me. I mean, he's probably f- five inches taller, <laughs> probably less hair than I had at the time. But they really thought I must have really looked like Nicholas Cage back in the nineties, or yeah, I think it was the nineties because it was at a Saturday. Night, oh, but it made sense if you think about it. It was at a Saturday Night Live party. I was hanging out with Will Farrell, and he knew. I mean, we didn't. We weren't friends. We were just at the bar together. And we were having a conversation, and the. One of the limo drivers came up and he asked me for my autograph. I, you know, I didn't know he was going to ask me for my autograph. Oh, I didn't know what to do. What do you do in those situations? You don't want to. I mean, it's so disappointing. So after that, when people have asked me for a photo or something, where whatever I'm doing, if it's something, I guess, kind of fun, um, I always just assume they think I'm somebody else. And when they say it's me, I'm like, really? Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm Dave Jeffsky. They're like, no, I know who you are. I just assume they think I'm somebody else. I mean, there's really, if you think about it, no reason 
why I just shouldn't go around saying, oh, I, I'll just get that guy's name. I, it's funny that none of us know it. After knowing, after having Gilbert on the podcast and knowing every name from every sitcom ever, we're like, oh, you mean the, the different strokes episode with Gordon Jump? Oh, you mean Todd Bridges? We know every name, but I dare anyone to remember the kid who played Mike Damone in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. The only people's names we know from Fast Times at Ridgemont High are Phoebe Cates, Judge Reinhold, Jennifer Jason Lee, and possibly Vincent Chevalier, who uh, played one of the teachers. Remember? Oh, please, people, try and contain yourselves. I just switched to Senka. You remember that guy? That guy was, oh, he's, you know, he's a character actor we were talking about when, um, you know, we had cats here for the Carney Awards. You know, this guy was in Ghost, this James Bond. I mean, this, he was, you know, and of course, I, I had the classic scene. Uh, where the fuck is 4K from Night Shift? 4K. I had it in my tip already. Um, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know Rat's name, and I should know his name because remember, he beat me out for uh, for the Tony Award in 1982. Nobody remembers? 1981? No, no. Floating light bulb. Uh, yeah, what the hell is that kid's name? And, and what's Damone's name? Meanwhile, these two... Stars in a classic film, we don't know their names. They're actual character names. I mean, we, me, Gilbert, you guys who listen to the show, we pride ourselves on knowing <laughs> David Katz. We pride ourselves on knowing these characters' names, and yet we don't. I don't know the name of this character I worship doing on a daily basis. Hey, listen. What do you want me to do? I don't care whether she comes, lays, stays, or prays, man. Hey. <laughs> So there's that story, uh, which I've been waiting to share for a long time, but we had guests, and um, I was almost going to tell it with the tell. So last week, how about last week? Can you believe I had Gilbert and Dave here? How amazing was that? Uh, that was so much fun. Obviously, the whole time, first of all, obviously, I talk a lot. What are you going to do? Even when Gilbert's here, I'm a, I'm a, I can't contain myself. I'm trying to move the thing along. I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, Gilbert and I aren't as you know friendly as me and dave and stuff but even when dave's here even though he's like my best friend of 30 years uh i still get nerd i still talk a lot because i i think that's what i i don't know i come up with topics that i know about and i i try and relax sometimes but it's it's difficult but meanwhile trying to turn down gilbert's mic the whole time still loud i still can't figure it out remember i run my own board i don't have a producer so everything i do i'm doing at the moment and I'm an idiot. I mean, if I was really good at organizing and doing stuff at once, which I'm pretty good at, I would be more successful. If, if you know, multitasking is a very important thing in life, and girls are really good at it. Women, sorry, women jerk offs who were protesting this weekend, you bastards. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is just like my father said when that gay march for AIDS with Al Klein. He's like, you tell your friend. If he's going to march and you think it's going to be an anti, you know, me and Alan have talked about this all the time. You think my dad's going to really go for it, you faggot. But no, he was just angry because he held up traffic. Well, that's what I was angry, angry about. Oh, my God. Thank God someone reminded me about the stupid women's march. Yeah, I'm saying stupid women's march because I would not be able to get my car out of the garage. It went right down the block of my garage this time. Not a block over, not an avenue over, right down the goddamn block. They told I got it out the day before. They told me later, yeah, you would have been screwed. You would have been screwed. They would not let anybody take any stuff out. Oh, God damn it. I'm so sick of the protests, the parades. And again, that's why... 
I am telling you, I'm running for Manhattan Borough President. I'm going to do it. And uh, funny enough, last night I was on the, I'm taping this on Thursday, comes out on Tuesday. Um, uh, Yesterday I was on the Artie and Anthony show, uh, which was always a blast. But oh my God, (laughs) go figure. You know, on somebody else's podcast, I'm pretty good about shutting up sometimes and let other people run it. I don't even know whether I got a word in. You know, maybe I brought up a topic. I mean, I was laughing, really. Those guys are so good at working off each other. But they're so funny, you know, and it was, you know, Artie. First of all, I don't even know what Artie's doing around. I mean, I he should be in rehab. I, I don't think he's any secret. It was in the paper, I think. You know, he's he's going to go to jail if he doesn't go to rehab. I, I don't know what he's doing. I'm very worried. I'm, I'm very worried he's going to end up in jail. I don't know what he's doing, hanging around, being all on the show. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I uh, it's making me a little nervous, but he's still arty and he's still hilarious all the time. And, you know, yesterday was no exception. Anthony's really funny. I've gotten to know him a little bit and I really like him a lot. And uh, those guys are so racist and it's so funny. But I was thinking, you know, if I was running for Manhattan Borough president, I'm going to have to, if I go on that show, I'm going to have to pretend not to laugh. And that's the other thing too. I know, you know, Monica from, from Twitter before I went on the show, they're like, oh, can you take down Dave's mic because he laughs too hard in the mic? Well, you're right. And I really made a conscious effort to not do that. And God damn it, I laugh like a hyena. And it's so frustrating when I hear it back. And I have an example today, and I'll tell you in a second. Um, I have some great examples today. This is going to be a great show. I'm like really looking forward to bringing it to you. Um, but again, like when we were at the comedy cellar where Artie was amazing and I'm laughing like the hyena laughing like a hyena you know now I recorded my voice and I heard it and I'm like oh my god I'm disgusting but the funny thing is I was listening back to the Gilbert and Dave thing and there I am and I'm like oh I'm just appeasing them but no laughing just as hard like walking down the street listening laughing just as hard forgetting I'm on the street and I don't want to look like an idiot so I know it's for real um, but it's such a strange laugh, and especially being drunk. Oh my God, what a disaster! And that, I guess, brings me to my next point. Or should I go? Yeah, we'll get back to that in a second. Um, so after, so the next day was Atel's birthday, which is the 18th. So we always plan something. Now the, the funny thing is, Dave doesn't drink anymore, and. Uh, Thank God, you know, I say, because his birthdays were a nightmare for me because for so many years, I'm not, you know, whenever it's somebody's birthday, I don't leave until they say I can go. And as you know, I mean, at least back in the day and maybe even now we talk about it all the time, Mattel never wants to go home. So it's always a disaster. And lately he's been going home a little early, which has been nice. But, but um, in the day when he was drinking and he was insomniacing it up, uh, you know, it was a hangout. I knew I should have always taken the next day off of work, but I'm just not that kind of person. So we'd hang out all night, end up in an after hours, and then I'll never forget, and I don't remember this particular time I'll never forget because I was working at an office on 28th and Madison, 20, 29th and Madison, and we were at some after hours club. I don't even know how I remember it, you know, completely hammered. Some after hours club on 26th or 27th in Madison. Walked out at 9.30, and I'm like, Dave, I have to go to work now. He's like, yeah? 
<laughs> like, it's 9.30 in the morning. What else did you want to do? He never wants to go home. Oh, and that after hours club, oh, it was seedy and gross and scary. I don't know how he knew the people in there, but, you know, when you have a TV show, he, he was like Jackie Gleason in his day. You know, you go anywhere and everybody lets him in. I mean, let's face you know, who wouldn't? Um, hey, the guy from the drinking shows, even if you don't know who his name is, uh, hey, the guy from that awesome drinking late night show is here. We got to let him in. Mm. So I remember just walking two blocks, just going to work like in the last scene in After Hours and just starting my day completely hammered, you know, by maybe by two o'clock. Maybe I, you know, then I had a hangover and then I got sober and oh, what a nightmare. So Thursday, they tell me I got to come to work at six in the morning and that never happens. I mean, the odds of it happening again on Atel's birthday are so rare my new job, you know, it's not the same job or whatever, and I, I just, it's, I have it very easy, but it's so weird. It's just a coincidence. Something happened, and I had to come in really early. And I'm like, but I have plans tonight. I can't do it. And, you know, it was for the managing partner of the place. What am I going to do? I mean, that's how I keep my job, right? You know, the once in a blue moon when he needs me on the weekends or whatever, I show up, keep my job that way. So I go out and I'm so pissed. So I start drinking heavily (laughs) like that's going to prove a point. That's only going to be bad for me. But I start going to the bar. usually hang out on Thursday. We meet at the cellar and I'm already hammered by the time I get to the restaurant. It's me, Russ, Maneve, um, you know, Artie. I I couldn't believe when they told me Artie was showing up. I I, I didn't even know he was around. Um, Bob Golden, who's so awesome. I got to have him on this show. He's such a sweetheart. Uh, you know, he's a he does all the music for Dave's shows for all time. Insomniac, Dave's old porn, whatever it is, you know, he's a great musician. Uh, I you, who else? You know, you probably saw the picture on Twitter. Um, I, I was hammered, so I, I can't I don't remember anything. Jeff Ross, uh, you know, I knew everybody. Jeremy, his editor, um, you know, I mean, a great crew of people. I was having a blast. Like a really good time, and we went to a Mexican restaurant. I was drinking uh, margaritas. I was doing shots, and then we went to the cellar, and I was doing more shots and beer, and you know, just really mixing and matching. And and then, um, so then Dave actually, well, <laughs> so all right, so um, hammered. At the cellar, like old school, we used to get when Intel was drinking, but I just decided to do it on my own. And I don't know how, I usually am pretty respectful at this point, but I just needed to drink. I was really angry about the thing. And the uh, bottom line being that, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning, I went back to work because I knew I'd never make it by six. I went to work. So that's that story. But it was just like the old days with Intel. But in the interim, when we went back to the cellar, because what is a tradition on Intel's birthday is... um, we always go to the cellar and he does a spot. And so this time he does a spot as he often does nowadays with Jeff Ross. And it's just so brilliant. And the thing about Dave is anybody that listens to this podcast or comedy podcasts knows that David tell, and we've talked about it before because they made that ridiculous list of the top 50 comics of all time, and David Tell wasn't on it. Well, you guys know, and every comic in America knows, David Tell is the best. 
and we've been over this a hundred times. We can't say it in front of him. He's very modest, but or whatever he is. But Louis C.K., Amy Schumer, Colin Quinn, Chris Rock, if they're asked who's the best comic, they'll say David Tell. We all know it. The problem is a lot of people don't know it because unless you see him live, you really don't get it. And it's even possible, although sometimes if you get lucky at a comedy club and he's just on a roll and you're having a good time, then you're going to get it. But a lot of times he puts it on automatic at the club. It's not his fault. He's performing you know, for 30 years. Sometimes you just lose it. Sometimes the crowd isn't with you. It doesn't matter. And his specials, you're never going to get the greatness of David Tell from a Netflix special or a Comedy Central special. You're just not going to get it. Yeah, the jokes are there. You know he's great. You know he's a genius writer, but you're not going to get it. Unless you're at the Comedy Cellar on a random weeknight at 1 in the morning, just riffing with the crowd, just throwing it out there, not doing a set, not worrying about nothing. It, you just, I've said it before, when I'm there on those days, those random weeknights at late at night, this is the reason I moved to New York City for nights like that. It, like seeing Bob Dylan in the 60s or Lenny Bruce at a small club in the village in the 60s. It still works for me living here 30 years. I'm sitting there thinking to myself in the moment. I'm like, this, this is terrific. And look at this crowd. They're electric. Unfortunately, and I apologize, you can hear me laughing like a hyena. I can't help it. I'm having a great time. It's genuine laughter. I'm drunk, just in a really good mood. And what what do you want me to tell you? But this is some of it, if you can hear it. <laughs> do you think global warming is real? I don't know. Slender Man said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it is real. What do you think, Jeff? <laughs> are you looking to see if that hat's back inside? Or what are you doing? <laughs> Opening on the electric company. <laughs> I think you know he just picks on people as they walk by to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, you're waiting to see if that hat's going to come back. It's because I think there's a mirror behind them. Make fun of a guy who looks like an extra from Whale Watch. <laughs> You know, you bring up whale watching all the time, but I bet you, uh, has anybody seen a whale lately? Fuck, it's pretty freaky, I'll tell you that. Because, you know, I'm old now, Jeff, and I've lived out a few dreams, you know? Like, I was thinking about it. Like, um, do you ever see March of the Penguins? That's a cool documentary. Yeah, and, you know, it's weird how, like, everyone loves that documentary, but as a man who's actually shat in the snow, um, it's adorable when I do it. Even if I was wearing a tuxedo. Sorry, I'm all this new bits. You could say I, I didn't see Mark for the Penguins, but I have taken a shit in the snow. That's, that's, that's been out a while, that movie. Huh? Thanks, Mark Twain. All right. There's a joke doctor in here. Thanks, Mark Twain. Uh, I mean, he's so on the cuff. And he said, he's like, oh, I'm trying these new jokes. I mean, how great is that, too? Once he perfects that uh, March of the Penguin uh, jokes, you know, it'll, it'll be even more amazing. So it certainly was awesome, right? And, it's you know, it's great. You just hear all the bottles clicking and clacking, and they're just performing like just regular people. It's not, 
you know, these guys are very popular. They're playing the Borgata in a couple of months and a couple other places that are, you know, stuff. And, you know, they're the big time, but yet they're still just working the clubs, which is awesome and something I don't care to do. Uh, so after that, Dave is getting a new apartment and uh, he got this new parking garage and they gave him the smallest space in between like two brick walls and he's the worst driver ever. And um, <laughs> so this is uh, our friend Bob trying to help him park the car in the garage and it's, I don't know why. You're like, right. now you can't pull forward. Yeah. No, you're going to be great. You're going to actually get him down. You're going slowly back. I want you to clear this and you're oh, going to see. Done, And you're going to clear that and then you're going to come out this way. This How am I doing? Slowly. You can cut it more now. Which way? To the right? Turn it up to the right. Yep. Really slowly back up. You're going to clear it back there. You're going to be okay. You're not going to hit this. I'm on this. Keep going. Keep going. Just want to make sure you don't hit the band. No, look at that. Keep make going. Sure. You're great. Clear this already. You're not going to touch this. Keep going slowly. You're fine on there. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Slow, 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 then keep going. Keep going. You're going to keep going slowly, slowly, slowly. Let me see how you're on that side of the line. Okay, now turn them all the way to, all the, way to the left. Um, shit, I really want to do this for you. Go like that. All the way to the left. Stop. All the way to the left now. Stop, I don't want you to hit that car. Okay. Yeah, come this way. You gotta watch out for this too. Okay, go really slowly. Slowly. Um, hold on. But go as far to that car as you can. Hold like, on. yeah, you can hear. I'm just so wasted now. I'm just totally slurring my words. It's so hard. Like, go as far as you can. Sure. Hold on. Really slow. Just keep going really slowly. Okay, now turn around. Turn can you believe this is still going on? This is a minute 16 in. And and I started it late. I, I skipped the first 30 seconds. So that's what makes it so funny. And it's a tell drive. I'm really weird. Close <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing already. Slow. I'm an idiot. Slow. Slow. Guy's so high. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Now stop. Now go yeah. all the way to the right. And again, really slowly. Because at this point, Bob's just laughing because he even knows it's so ridiculous. Like he's just keep, but he's guiding him through like a really good friend and taking his time. But now by this time, he's already laughing. It's two minutes in that we've been trying to get into this one space. Uh. Come slow. Just don't go fast. Keep going. Beautiful. Slow go. You're great. Don't do anything. Keep going that way. Ah. Oh, yeah, trust it. Mike's totally trusted. You're basically there. Just come to me. Keep coming. <laughs> come to keep me. Coming. You're good. You're That's out. awesome. Bye. He's Bob, so good. Yeah. You're a pro- professional unparker. <laughs> Bob, that was amazing. You know, the only, the only guy who has the worst spot is that guy behind me. <laughs> he parked one time. He's never parked again. <laughs> He still got out. it. He still got it. It's unbelievable. I tell it. Um, so I said, with well, this line, I found, I can't even believe I say that. Like, the guy's so high. He doesn't know what I'm talking about, Bob, um, which is so funny because I actually found the clip where I get that from because I say it all the time and nobody knows where it's from. I actually remembered where it was from. And uh, it's from 
The Simpsons, but probably like 1994. So probably been, again, doing the same material for 30 years. Hey, man, it's Dave. Open up, man. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> okay, now let's move on. <laughs> the guy's so high, he doesn't even know that's Dave. Homer. <laughs> Homer? Homer's not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, very good. I love that because uh, he's talking, you know, and it, the the gag is he's laughing so hard at the class clown of his high school reunion who's wearing that tuxedo shirt, you know. So he's like, "The guy's so high." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I always remember that because it's just such a funny line that you're still saying the guy's so high, even though I don't think Bob was high at all. But you're just like because he's a musician, I'm just like saying it just like Homer would. Oh, because I'm an idiot, and there's just no other explanation. Now here, here we are where he's like driving us home. Yeah. Uh, that's not how you do it, though. You're doing great. Jesus Christ, we should never have given him a car. No, Bob, he's an idiot. We should never have given him a car. He's never learned to drive. You're right. I'm going to have to practice. David Tell was killed that night in a horrible car crash. He was never seen again, but his comedy lives on as he walks the earth and still turns into the Incredible Hulk. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I, when Bob was yelling because that thing was going by, uh, whatever that car, when Bob was screaming... Um, obviously it reminded me of this scene from the best movie ever, Clueless. What the hell? Yeah, you're getting on the freeway. What? No, turn right. Oh, get out of the lane. Wait, wait, no, wait, no, no, no. Okay. Okay. Get prestigious. Oh. Just get out of the lane. Oh. The truck. The truck. Oh. The truck. Oh. The truck. Oh. What do I do, no, Go straight. Go straight. Go straight. Go straight. Go straight. Oh. Just relax and drive, baby. Just relax and drive. Look out. I'll be here with you. I'll be here with you. I'll be here with you. Go straight. Could I not think of that scene when Attell was driving? I mean, how can I not think about it? Yeah. Uh, that's not how you... Dr. Bruce Banner walks the earth as no one can know. He is also the Incredible Hulk. Do you know how many times I've uh, walked home after, you know, being shot down by a girl or just having a bad time to that music in my head? So many times. Probably my last time was probably my birthday when I just left and I was alone after all, you know, you know, wearing that ridiculous jacket and the legendary wit and all the nonsense and stuff. And then at the end of the night, it's just me alone. should play that in their headphones after they have a bad night when the end 
of the night just comes being alone, walking the walk. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Join me for the Incredible Hope Thursdays at 9. You'll, the new episode is called What Up Both Balance. I don't know why I did that. Because <laughs> I do it really good, but you're not allowed to do those kind of imitations anymore, even though it's somebody deaf, not retarded. Um, also, uh, last week we were talking about Bill Bixby, uh, the late Bill Bixby, and um, his show The Magician, which was my favorite show. One of my, you know, up there with Six Million Dollars Man, except it only lasted one season. I certainly remembered as a kid. And uh, I completely remember the opening theme. Another thing that me and Atel bonded on, because there's just, you know, if you're meeting a guy, you two guys, you want to become stand-up comics, and you're talking about a show from 20 years earlier that you grew up and you both realized what's funnier than a guy in a tuxedo solving crimes and also doing magic on the side, then you know you have a companion. But this was the opening theme. It was kind of awesome. Yeah, and this was another one I had on my bike, you know, like the Rockford Files with the tape recorder delivering newspapers. Why wouldn't I? Who wouldn't want to be a crime-solving magician? What what 13-year-old or 10-year-old wouldn't want to be a crime-solving magician? I dare anyone to defy that. I tell you something, um, if you have the opportunity to go on YouTube and look up the opening to The Magician so you actually see the opening credits, it's so hilarious because it's it's exactly what you expect it to be. It's all shots of Bill Bixby, you know, action, then performing magic. It's the show I've been waiting to do my entire existence, which I tried to do uh, ironically with my cooking show. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Um because my cooking show was supposed to be half cooking show, half Mannix. And, um, but it's so funny because it just has, you know, with the girls. So look at that one. And then looking, look at the opening of Look Well, the Adam West thing we were talking about last week, of his TV series inside the TV series, which was Brannigan or whatever it was. And I mean, it's like they just got it so right. You know, it's, uh, ugh. It's so funny. Now, here's the best part, which I just found today. I do not remember this as a kid. They made a second intro, I guess. I think it only lasted one season, so I don't know when they decided to do this. But um, it is completely worth it for the end voiceover. And this one has him like holding cards 
And then inside the diamonds, it has scenes from all the weeks with him on a car. So they, they've just totally ripped off Mannix. But I let it go. The best is the ending. I promise it'll be worth it. If Mattel was here, he'd be dying. I probably sing this in the shower to this day. Follow the magic you're about to see is performed without trick photography of any kind by Bill Bixby, the magician. <laughs> I didn't know that, did you? He, it's funny, I was thinking to myself, I could do a show like this because you don't have to do any magic because it's old camera tricks. And then they have the voiceover. All of the magic you're about to see tonight is performed without any camera tricks by Bill Bixby, the magician. I, that's so, and then I looked it up and he did perform those tricks. I, I, it must have been his idea for the show because you, you don't come up and be like, yeah, I'll do the tricks, don't worry about it. Well, how hard can they be? And he had that guy Marshall Brodeen with him to like teach him all that stuff. Marshall, Marshall Brodeen used to have those TV magic cards and then TV mystery cards. I, well, I certainly had the whole Marshall Brodeen thing because he was some sort of great magician. Oh, it's so funny. That's what David Copperfield used to do. There are no camera tricks used tonight. But now we found out there were. Well, not camera tricks so much, but there was some hanky-panky going on as we found out when we interviewed, uh, you know, that kid from... Uh, Disney, or <laughs> whatever. I can't walk and remember his name. I'll tell you what, because I'm getting old. Mitch Watson, um, which was a highly listened to podcast, which was very nice. Makes me very happy, just like the Gilbert and Nutell one is. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, what else were we going to talk about today? I have a lot to talk about today. I guess we should get into, well, I'll tell you this. You know, we were talking about the Women's March. And, uh, you know, there's so much stuff. It's amazing all the stuff that is going on with women and men and by the poor James Franco. I mean, I'm sorry, if you're a dude, how can you not feel sorry for some of these guys? If, if we don't have the details, it really does. I know a lot of guys have said this and they get angry about it, but it does seem like a witch hunt in many ways if you don't have the exact facts. Now, we're all positive that Harvey Weinstein is a monster. That's a fact. But the James Franco one... The Aziz and Sorry one, uh, you know, these are just dating stories. Maybe we don't have the facts. The Aziz one, we pretty much have the facts, and that girl's an asshole. Um, James Franco one, nobody sure. I mean, what are you? What are you crazy? He's a professor at NYU. Of course, he's going to try and hit on his students. Why wouldn't he? I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as they're over eighteen or at least twenty-one. These girls sometimes, they think they're out of control. You go on a date. He's like, yeah, he, he shoved my head down there. Well, some guys do that. You know, then you say, hey, don't do that. I don't like to be treated that way. It's James Franco. It's not like a terrorist or something. This is what guys do sometimes. They get, they get too worked up and they got to, you know, we see Joe Pesci do it in Casino. Sharon Stone can make up her mind not to do that. It's my favorite scene in the movie. See Chris Elliott do it in uh, something about Mary. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it's a little rude, but it's but it's sexy if the girl goes for it. And I I don't think I've ever had the guts to do it, but you know, it's it's sexy to watch when some guys do it. I don't, I don't know. 
What are you supposed to do? You're on a date. You're there, and now you're just complaining. You know, oh, my God, he was a pig. I mean, Jesus. You know, then every guy has to think, oh, God, I was probably a pig on a couple dates. Like, you know, a pig in my world, I certainly, oh, well, you know, I don't know. You know, when I think about it more, you know, I got a book of all the girls I ever went out with. I could take a look at that and be like, yeah, you know, that could probably maybe be considered rape in this date. And I, don't, I don't know. I don't think I ever did anything wrong, but you got to rethink everything now. Anyway, that all being said, uh, you know, Larry Nasser, the uh, that, that doctor. Now, obviously, he's an he's an asshole. Uh, that is a fact. He's the guy, the Olympic gymnast one. But this isn't all on him. You know, this is what we got here is another uh, is another uh, Sandusky thing. Because the woman at uh, Michigan State, Lou Anna Simon, who was the president of uh, Michigan State University where he was the doctor, resigned because, yeah, it's the exact same Joe Paterno thing. Apparently, people made claims and said this guy's an asshole and nobody listened. So you got another thing in your hand. And then the gymnast committee, I was tweeting about this the other day. Oh, the, the USA gymnast, that's all corrupt. And they are all stepping down, but that whole organization should just stop. There should be no gymnastics anymore. This is what I always say about that. Get rid of Penn State. You know, but they've built that up. We've, we've forgotten. But, you know, get rid of the gymnastics for a couple of years until we get over this. It's pretty goddamn bad. Um, this guy was an idiot. But uh, being a man, uh, I have to address... Uh, the judge, this a woman judge. Now, first of all, I think if I was this guy, I'd be like, can I get a male judge? Because this is not going to be fair. That's the first thing I'd say. <laughs> because if I'm going to jail and he just got sentenced to 175 years, and it's so funny, they're asking other girls, I saw that really hot girl, Allie Raisman, who kind of started the whole thing. She's balls to the walls. But it's really funny. Those gymnasts all have those little petite voices, so it, it, it always sounds kind of funny. But they're like, do you think he got the punishment he deserved? She's like... Eh, I don't know. Uh, what more punishment do you It's a 175-year term. He's going to die in prison, probably be raped in prison, uh, and probably be murdered or hang himself or whatever. Well, he won't be able to hang himself, but I'm just saying it. that's going to be a pretty, pretty bad time for him. I'm not sure what else you want. I don't think death row is the answer. This is much more fun to know that he's going to rot there 175 years. I, I'm not sure what else you wanted him to do, but... The uh, the best thing is the judge has this huge thing. She goes, before I get to sentencing, I want to talk about a couple of things. And she goes on for about a half hour. And that is where, she's like, I know I'm getting sentenced for life. I'd be like, Your Honor, do I got to listen to this? That, I, why wouldn't I say that? Why wouldn't I say that? I've just listened. She let every girl I molested, I don't know how many girls there were, talk to me and stare at me and say I'm a bag of shit, which he deserves. But by that time, you know you're you know you're doomed. You might as well just go for it all and just be like, Your Honor, do I really got to listen to this? I just heard like 75 girls tell me I'm a bag of shit. Can we just call it a day and uh, give me the sentencing now? I, 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 why not? What do you have to lose by doing this? He doesn't have a muzzle on his thing. I think I would just say that. What are they going to do to him? Tack on another five years? That's the way I think. I mean, I don't know. The guy's probably scared to death. But, uh, I mean, at that point, if it's me, I, I, I think I would just, uh, 
you know, I'd be the scared part would have to be over by the tenth day of these, you know, twenty year old girls being like, "You are a bag of shit, you motherfucker." <laughs> You know, but there's no way I'd be able to sit quiet and be like, you know, you bought this on yourself. I mean, I I, I wouldn't say that, but uh, maybe there's something I would say like, you know, your English is not very good. Uh, something, yes, wise guy-ish, because you got nothing to lose at that point. This guy is an asshole. He's a monster. He really is a bag of shit. But you're going to jail for 175 years. You're never going to see the light of day again. You're through. You might as well go out in a blaze of glory. And I'm not saying a blaze of glory like going and killing everybody. I'm saying like you might as well just say, you might as well just do a couple of lines that'll make you feel good when you're in jail 30 years from now. You're like, hey, at least I gave it to that judge pretty good, you know? Like it might make you feel better like we're like, oh, if I ever get out, I'm going to, you know, like I eh, told that judge. I mean, that's the only thing that might be able to keep you alive in prison. Because even this guy, even though this guy is bad, I mean, it, maybe it's just as bad as murdering somebody, but he's obviously got a problem. Obviously got a problem. You don't do that to that many girls or young girls ever unless you got a problem, which clearly he does because she was even saying, you still don't get it because he made a statement. And she's like, I, I read your statement. You you still don't get it. Uh, yeah, she goes, I've signed your death warrant. You remain a danger. I'm a judge that believes in life and rehabilitation when rehabilitation is possible. I have many defendants come back here and show me great things they've done in their lives after probation, after parole. I don't find that's possible with you. Wow. And I believe that too. He obviously doesn't get it. He, in fact, I think he said, oh, you know, a woman scorned. They never forget. I think he said something like that. But if the judge is going to talk for another half hour, I'm definitely going to say like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just give me the sentencing. I'm good. I want to get out of here. We can all get out of here a little sooner. Am I right, guys? Reporters? Am I right? We've been here a long time. Hey, fellas, how are you? I'm making light of a situation because he's been sentenced. That's, that, this is what we got to do. It's going to be the same thing with those idiots, that, uh, with those 13 kids. Again, I say to myself, oh, my God, how do you not, how do you not notice yeah, how, your house is right next to, I mean, if I live next door, not as a kid, but as an adult, if I was a parent, I live next door to a bunch of weirdos, right? So my sister lives next door to a bunch of weirdos. They got two kids and they're Russian, so we let it go. Anybody that's got 13 kids and, and they're wearing that haircut, I'm going to call the cops at some point and just say, why don't you just take a, take a they, what, what are they never come out. They got 13 kids and I never see them. Something's weird let alone knowing about their homeschooling, calling themselves a thing. Anybody that's homeschooled, go in and take a look at what's happening over there, right? That's the first rule. Just take a look. Send all the cops to anybody that's being homeschooled. Take a look around. Just take a look around. Be, all right. I see, you know, I, oh, I get why you're doing Because uh, everybody that homeschools is a wacko. Yeah, I said it. Uh, have we ever seen any otherwise yet? Something else I wanted to talk about also, um, well, let me tell you this, um, as long as I got you here, uh, this place talking about women again, I mean, how can you not talk about the topic? Michelle Williams is an actress who I just really don't like as an actress. I don't care. She does nothing for me. She brings nothing to the table. There's plenty of actors and actresses. I feel that way about Denzel Washington. 
I don't hate Denzel Washington, but for me, I don't care for his acting. I don't like he brings nothing to the table. He doesn't bring any excitement to me whatsoever. Nothing to do with him being black or anything. It's just this is the way I feel. I, I could probably name a couple of other actors I feel that way about that people are like kind of gaga over, and I'm like, really? Really? So we all have our differences of opinion. I feel that way about Michelle Williams. I think she brings nothing. She just makes me angry. Um, I can't stand when she's in something. I don't know why. I got nothing. I've never met her. I don't know anything about her. I just think she stinks. Um, so she's all in an uproar because Mark Wahlberg in this uh, movie, uh, the, the, the new one where they wiped out Kevin Spacey and they put in Christopher Plummer, all the money in the world. And they had to do research, reshoots because of this Kevin Spacey problem. And it's great that they're really picking on men. Whether you're gay or straight, men are just doomed. It's kind of classic. Sooner or later, there'll be one woman. It's got to happen. Oh, how great would it be if it was Ellen? Oh, that'll be terrific. Uh, right now, it looks like it's going to be Megan Kelly. People that hate her are working for her, but uh, not in the same way. So... Uh, so they're doing the research, and they give Mark Wahlberg a ton of money to do the research, reshoots, like millions. And they give Michelle Williams like 10 bucks, And she's like, this is bullshit. I should get equal pay. She should not get equal pay. You know, of course, we believe in equal pay in the workplace if a woman's doing the same job as a man. Maybe. To me, I, I, I don't see that there's a difference uh, i guess the women notice but i mean it's like if you're if you're not as good as the man doing the job then why would you get equal pay but i see the argument of course um in the movies that shouldn't be the case you in movies and you don't get equal pay just because you're a woman you're michelle williams you don't make movies that make money i have the proof right here since Brokeback Mountain, which is where she kind of made a name for herself. Now, remember, Michelle Williams is mostly a supporting actress. Nobody goes to a movie. Nobody goes to see a Michelle Williams movie. Did you even know that Michelle Williams was in that Hugh Jackman, The Greatest Showman? No, I just found out when I printed this out. Oh, she's in that? I think it's Hugh Jackman and her. But nobody goes to see... Oh, you're going to see the new Michelle Williams movie? You know I'm right. Besides Brokeback Mountain, which she was a co-co-star, that made $83 million, uh, she's made 20 films. Uh, the Hawk is Dying, never heard of it. The Hottest State, never heard of it. I'm Not There, never heard of it. Deception, I have heard of, but I don't even know who was in it, but made $4 bucks. Uh Wendy and Lucy didn't even make a million. Uh, where the wild things are, I think that's a that was a Warner Brothers movie. You know, that was a I think it might have been a cartoon that made some money, not because of her. Mammoth, Mammoth, Shutter Island is a Scorsese film that she co 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 stars in with Leonardo DiCaprio. Made 128 million, not because of Michelle Williams. That's a Scorsese picture with Leonardo DiCaprio, and she's stuck somewhere in the cast. Blue Valentine, Meek's Cutoff. My Week with Marilyn. She played Marilyn Monroe. A Weinstein production made $14 million. Big deal. Take This Waltz. I remember that was a female director. Sarah's in that one where she gets naked. Uh, that's why I know it. Um, $1 million. The only movie 
she's made that's made a lot of money and get which I'm surprised because I actually like the movie, but I didn't think it made this much money. Oz the Great and Powerful with the great James Franco. That made $234 million. She played Glenda, which means she wasn't even the star. The star of that movie was James Franco, Mila Kunis, and whoever played the other Wicked Witch, uh, Rachel Wise. And Michelle Williams had a you know, cameo as Glenda. That made 230, but not because of Michelle Williams. Certain way, Manchester by the Sea, which was a bag of shit movie because, you know, who the hell wants to be depressed like that? And that was nominated for Best Picture last year. Still only made $47 million. That's not very much in this day and age. Wonderstruck, million dollars. I think that was for, that might have been, um, I think she's friends with David Wayne. Uh, might have been one of his films. I, I don't know. And then The Greatest Showman, thanks to Hugh Jackman, and All the Money in the World so far has only made $24 million. So she's made, really, her movies, which aren't her movies, have made nothing. See, a lot of, some that don't even crack the million-dollar mark. So Mark Wahlberg has made 34 films, but he had a 10-year start. He's a little older. And if you take it from Boogie Nights, you know, which made him a star, uh, you know, he had uh, The Three Kings. Not a good movie. Didn't make that much. Perfect Storm, which he does co-star in, made $182 million. Planet of the Apes, which he is the star, which is a bag of crap. That movie sucks. I can't even watch it. It makes me so angry. But made $180 million. And he's the reason. The total reason. I mean, that, that wasn't a Mark Wahlberg film, but he, you know, he did it. The Italian Job. Not a great film, but he's the star, $106 million. Uh, the Departed, again, he's not the star. That's a Martin Scorsese. He's co-star. He's very good in that, 132 but we can't count that one because it's, uh, you know, that's mostly Scorsese stuff, so we'd be in there with the Michelle Williams stuff. Now, his other stuff, you know, then he has a couple of stuff that's just like hers where, you know, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but still they're $40, 50000000 million movies, unlike Michelle Williams that has like, a, you know, the ones where she's done movies like this where it only doesn't even make a million. Uh, date Night, Date Night, like a comedy, $100 million. The Other Guys, I think that with Will Farrell, right? A comedy that you go to see Mark Wahlberg and, and Will Farrell the other guy's $119 million. Uh, the Fighter, $93. These are now the reason why he's the greatest for me because I didn't really care for him until I saw Ted. He's so good in that. That made $218 million. You don't think that's because of him? He was amazing in that movie. $218 million. He's the star of the film. Transformers, Age of Extinction. He's the star of the film. It made $245 million. Are people going to see Mark Wahlberg? Mm, they're going to see a Transformers movie, but he's the star of the film. Ted 2 makes $81 million. Daddy's Home. Uh, who is that? Him? It's, it's really funny. It's not... Is it Will Farrell? No. I don't remember who it is. $150 million. That is a Mark Wahlberg film, and whoever the other guy is... The, another Transformers, $130 million. Daddy's Home 2, $103 million. Mark Wahlberg puts, as they say, asses in the seats and deserves 
a whole bunch more money than Michelle Williams. This has nothing to do with being a woman that's just, he's a star. In the 90s, Julia Roberts was the one who would make the money. It's like when uh, they made, uh, what's my favorite movie? Notting Hill. Who would get more money, Hugh Grant or Julia Roberts? Probably at that time, even though Hugh Grant was big, Julia Roberts gets the big payday. And do you think Hugh Grant was sitting there going, hey, I'm not getting equal pay? No, he was saying, thank God we got Julia Roberts for this because this is who we needed to make our point. You needed the biggest movie star in the world to make a movie about a guy dating the biggest movie star in the world. So Julia Roberts, they needed Julia Roberts. It wouldn't work with anybody else. And that's the thing. So here's a female who's the biggest star in the world and making, remember, she was the first woman to ever make 15 to $20 million. Even in that movie, you know, it was so funny. Remember, when they started giving celebrities $20 million, I think the first one was like Stallone. And they gave him $20 million, And he was past his prime at that point. And they were giving all to the boys. But then Julia Roberts was the first. And it's funny, in Notting Hill, they're like, well, for instance, what'd you make your last film? $15 million. What a great line. $15 million? She makes over that. She's a bona fide movie star. Michelle Williams is not. So Julia Roberts is going to get paid. Well, not now, but, you know, in the day. But Margot Robbie, at this point, would get paid as much as Mark Wahlberg. Because Margot Robbie is going to be as big as Julia Roberts because she's doing it all right. And she's so hot. But she's making all the right moves. Suicide Squad, let alone The Wolf of Wall Street, where she's so ridiculously hot. But I, is so smart. She's going to become one of the best, like Charlize Theron or something like that. People will go to see Margot Robbie movies. They're not going to see Michelle Williams' movies. She's boring. How dare you bring this Me Too campaign to that? You stink. Yeah. Now, that's my rant for today. By the way, my guest next week will be Michelle Williams. Oh, I just saw that in the paper. I didn't realize my producer just handed it to me. Um, How funny would that be? Oh, my. That's why you always wonder. I'm like, you know, there's so many times I'm having dinner with Sarah Silverman and I'm going in a rant like, what's up with Michelle Williams? Are you fucking kidding me with that pixie cut and the nonsense? And she's like, shut up. She's right next to us. You know, like there's something, you know, because she might be in the restaurant, especially if you're in L.A. Forget about it. I've talked about it before. Uh, here's something that's uh, really messed up. There's an article in the Post and Howard's been talking about it. Um, seven porn stars have died in the past like three months porn stars yeah so i was reading the article i'm like oh wow you know and of course it's not like it doesn't make sense uh howard said the other day it's like it's not you know these are girls that are already maybe a little disturbed going in uh but the weird part was that i heard you know i was reading who died and i didn't recognize any of the names except for one who you know I've been working with, uh, you know, at nighttime in my bed, uh, put it politely, because it's a family show. Uh, her name was August Ames, and I, you know, use her a lot. She's so hot. She does, you know, those, like, stepsister videos, which I like, and it's so hot, and she's so hot, and she's just one of those, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even believe this is happening it's so hot. She's beautiful. And I liked her a lot. And it's so funny because I saw it and I'm like, oh, no, I love her. 
She was like 23. And the way she went is the most interesting out of all the girls. Actually, she committed suicide. She was being cyberbullied because she got replaced on a movie she was working with with a guy that's done gay porn. And she tweeted like, hey, I hope you like working with uh, this guy. By the way, he does gay porn. And I think she was like saying it like, I, I, you know, the first thing I thought of was just like, you know, hey, he's probably got AIDS or something, which I guess is, uh, what do you call it if you're gay bashing? It's not sexist, but, um, you know, not cool, racist or whatever it'd be called. Uh, but, you know, I kind of, maybe she just doesn't like working with gay guys. Maybe she's a woman. She gets uptight about working with gay because she wants to work with straight men. I don't know. It, whatever she put, it was the wrong thing to write. And she just got the shit knocked out of her by everybody who's like, you're racist, you're prejudiced, whatever, against gay people. And she's like, no, I'm because she's gay, technically. You know, she does a lot of lesbian stuff, which was why she was terrific. Really terrific. I mean, I'm telling you, this girl, hey, August, you're really great. And, you know, the first thing I'm thinking, I'm like, God, I wish I could have gotten in touch with her. I'm sure I could have helped. I mean, you know, it's so funny. I These porn stars, you know, they especially years ago when there was not as many and, you know, we knew all their names. You know, if I have my friend Lawrence in here, we, you know, he used to work for the porn convention. He worked for the AVN Awards. We knew everybody. We knew the boys. We knew the girls. There was, you know, there was like 10 of them and we knew them all. And, you know, through Dave Attell, through Dave's old porn, you know, we know the porn stars. I showed my mother, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, Asia Carrera, right? Because I, I showed my Aunt Judy and because I, I went to the porn convention and I took all the pictures with my favorite porn stars. It's so weird meeting them. And you're like, oh, I love you. So this August day, you know, it's like, it's just like, oh, I wish I could help them. And then I'm thinking, I, I, I got sad. I couldn't stop thinking about it because, you know, I guess, you know, every guy before you go to bed, you're thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to masturbate to August Ames tonight. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, oh, huh. I mean, and she comes up all the time, whatever my search words are, which are, you know, high five hand jobs. No, I'm just kidding. That's what Sarah puts in her um, little song. She does <laughs> uh, high five rape, whatever it is in that song tonight, something. Um, so I was thinking, you know, and I was getting sad and I'm like, oh my God, I am. Why am I sad about this? But I am sad. And then I'm like, should I still. You know, that's the question. Do you still, because I was, think, there was a joke I used to do a long time. You know, I had, a vi I still have videotapes from the 80s. I wonder if I'm masturbating to women that are dead. I bet you half, a lot of them are dead. You don't even know. And you're just, and, and like, can you do that? Is that weird? Does that, uh, and it's so funny. I was thinking about this and then Howard was talking about it like today. Uh, you know, you have to have the discussion. So last night, I, I don't know, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it this one last time. You know, like it's so weird. I'm like, is that creepy? Was it a tribute? I felt I had to do it, but I don't know if I could do it again now, knowing she's dead. And it's such a shame. Oh, she was so pretty. Twenty three, she killed herself. Obviously, she's got mental problems. She's doing porn. I mean, all of them are like that, you know, but uh, you assume, I mean, who gets into porn? I got bad fathers. That's why I'm pretty sure I could do pretty well with the porn stars. I mean, they got daddy issues. Hey, I'm a guy. Hey, listen. Hey, 
I know how to make a great iced tea. I'll say, hey, why don't you come over, you know, make you some iced tea. We'll have a good time. Hey, August. And on the flip side of that, the funniest thing with the, uh, the Me Too movement is that the uh, the great Ron Jeremy has been banned from the AVN Awards because he has rape and sexual assault allegations by 12 women coming up. Well, again, what a shocker. Now, the thing about that is because he's so unattractive and disgusting, but a legend in porn, couldn't you say that about all the guys in porn that aren't gay? Couldn't you really make a case <laughs> that... Uh, that's a toughie. Boy, if you get banned from the porn awards and you're a porn actor, where do you go from there? What are you supposed What's this guy supposed to do? He's obviously you know, he's probably very I mean, how do you even survive in a world? This and this is the world we live in now. Do you even take a chance kissing a girl if she's going to be like, "Hey, I didn't say you could kiss me." I mean, we're taught as boys that you you're not supposed to ask. You're supposed to go for it. No matter what the cost. Now, how do you even date? Hey, I didn't tell you you could kiss me. Oh, boy. What a mess. What a mess. It's because other boys have put us in this position. Mr. Weinstein. Other Jews. Jews will be blamed for something else. Weinstein, David Berkowitz. It's horrible. What are we supposed to do now? Why, you little... So there's that. Uh, yeah. So how you doing? So the Super Bowl, huh? Huh? The Patriots again. Oh, yay. I I was hoping the Patriots, but obviously nobody's looking forward to a Eagles-Jaguars game, but I was looking forward to the Patriots going to want to bet on them, but then I'm thinking, I said, wait, why do I want to bet on them again? Because they always... They never cover, except for last year, which was why I was like, I'm betting on them all the time. They're amazing, which they are amazing. But are they going to cover the five points? And every single Super Bowl, they win by about three points or they lose by three points. Only last year in a flukish game did they in overtime score a touchdown and cover the spread, which might have been three or four. I think it was three. It's five. Now, the Eagles annihilated the Vikings last week. But ironically, I remember, and I'm just thinking this off the top of my head right now, I remember the Giants also annihilating the Vikings in the NFC Championship with that idiot, whoever their coach was, what a moron, in 2000 when he took him to play the Baltimore Ravens, what Jim Fossil. What a douchebag. They annihilated the Vikings. Same, a better score, like 41 to nothing. 41 to three. I mean, they beat the crap out of them just like the Eagles did. And then they got the crap beaten out of them by the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl in 2000. So I wonder. It's the same scenario. Do the Vikings have some sort of power where they just lose heavily in the NFC Championship and then the team and then the AFC just lights them up. You know, this Patriots with Tom Brady and everything, it's so funny, and they just keep winning and winning and winning. It's like in the 80s when only the NFC teams won the 80s and 90s until John Elway broke the curse. I mean, there must have been 13 years in a row or maybe more 
where only the NFC teams won. You know, Cowboys, Giants, uh, 49ers. In a row, AFC never won until John Elway completely broke the spell in that amazing uh, Broncos-Packers game. Amazing Broncos-Packers game. Oh, boy, was that good. Packers going for their second Super Bowl, Brett Favre. And this time, John Elway would not be denied. And then that second Super Bowl that they were in, which was so classic because they beat the Falcons, and he hated Dan Reeves. And he got to beat the shit out of Dan Reeves. I always picture him going up the sidelines, just giving him the, like, what's up, jerk off? Oh, he hated him. So how great is that to beat the coach that you can't stand that was, you know, making him feel bad when he was, like, you know, a rookie and shit like that? How great is that? Dan Reeves, total anti-Semite. You know that. He's got to be because he talks like this. How you doing? Oh, you got Jews up there. Oh, you know, we'd seen a Jew a couple times ago, but we couldn't find their horns. Those are my cousins in Kentucky. You know, it's weird. They had that shooting in school. It's so funny. You probably don't even know about it. They had a, a, a shooting in Kentucky somewhere. A school shooting. A student shot a couple of people like, and kind of shot up the school. Didn't even, it was like the third part of the news, fourth part. It wasn't a breaking story because it just happens so often now. It's so weird. But, you know, when I see it's in Kentucky, I'm like, good. I know that's horrible. I don't want to be like that because I was very upset that it takes place in a school that anybody died. That is I'm not making a joke about, but, you know, I just hate that stupid Louisville so much. Guy was wearing a Louisville thing, you know, because my, you know, my uncle. So I'm never going to get over that. Uh, but anyway, the Super Bowl, I think I'm going to have a, I think maybe I'll have a party again. You know, I always leave at halftime crying. Maybe if my friends don't mind if I just leave, even though it's all my friends, they'll understand. Because I don't know, I'm telling you, I've, it's ruining my life, this gambling. And, uh, but what am I not going to bet the Super Bowl? I've gone this far, I might as well go for it all. I'm going to make it all back, you'll see. Oh, I got a plan. I'm not telling you my plan this time. If it works, I'm going to tell you my plan. And then you're going to tweet and say, Dave Juskow, you are the biggest degenerate we've ever seen. Because if my plan works, I will tell you. If it doesn't work, I'm not going to tell you. I'd just be too embarrassed. But I got a plan. It's such a stupid plan. But if it hits, you win a lot of money. But I'm not even telling you. You can't even imagine what it is. But it is the true mark of a person with a problem, a degenerate, a, 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 a lifelong loser. And I know this. But there's nothing I can do about it. I just pray that after the Super Bowl, it all ends. I don't go into basketball. I don't go into the whole thing. Let's just hope this will be the end all and we can just stop. But you know, that doesn't usually happen. It's a very hard thing to stop. I'm going to try, but not on Super Bowl Sunday, dork. At least I stopped betting those exotic bets. I'm just trying to win the regular ones. I stopped doing the, I mean, I do the national anthem, you know, again. Uh, but I stopped doing the total field goals and all that stuff because then I finally realized, hey, that's throwing away money. I'm just betting a bet. Hey, it only took me 50 years to figure that out. Don't worry about it. So I don't do that. But then I saw the Oscars. and I'm like, wait a minute. I won some good money on the Oscars last year. I bet you I can do it again. Uh-oh. But that's let's face it. That's awesome. Those things are awesome. I'll try and give you some good bets. That's this one I can give you because, you know, it's only for a couple of hundred people. So, uh, 
I'll give you the good bets when I figure it out, and then we can all win some money together. But remember, remember, the big bet if they have it, boy, I should look it up right away. The big bet if they have it is, oh, wait, the Patriots probably aren't the home team. Damn, because last year the Patriots were the home team. Remember when they are allowed to call the, or they were the visiting team, if they're allowed to call the coin toss, Bill Belichick always bets heads. But I think the Eagles must be the visiting team or whatever it is because they switch off every year. So wait a minute, though. They're playing at an NFC. I'll figure it out. Remember, that's a moneymaker if they have the line, except everybody knows about it now, so they usually take it off. But uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, you guys are okay. Uh, One last thing I think I was going to talk about was... Baseball Hall of Fame, just real quick. Uh, thank God they voted against, once again, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds. I do not want them in the Baseball Hall of Fame. First of all, Baseball Hall of Fame is a bag of shit. It's stupid. People that are in there are stupid. Getting in there is stupid. Everything about it is stupid. All those Hall of Fame things are stupid. Because um, they they're just dumb, and who cares? And the people they put in are stupid. So if you're going to put Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, just shut down, like at this point Michigan State should do. Penn State, I'm lightening up in because, you know, my friend Scott Moskowitz, uh, his kid goes there, so he told me not to. <laughs> and I like Scott, so uh, I'm trying to be more Penn State friendly, okay? For you and your kid. Uh, they let in this guy, Chipper Jones. That's fine. He deserves it. But if you're a Mets fan, you hate this guy so much. This guy's so conceited. Because he had so many amazing games as an Atlanta Brave at Shea Stadium. He named his kid Shea. I hate Chipper Jones. <laughs> what a jerk off. But he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Ugh. It's so frustrating. God, the Mets are the worst organization ever. Except for the Jets, you know. So anyway, I don't know. Super Bowl. What am I going to do? What are we going to do? I'm going to have uh, but You know what I think I'm going to make is these Dr. Pepper meat. Yeah, Dr. Pepper meatballs. I'm going to give that a try. See, maybe I'll try it this weekend and see if I can do it. I'm going to start cooking. All right, anyway, let's see. I don't really have any plans for what's coming up. Uh, I'm working on Goodfellas for March 6th, as you know, so that's uh, something I have in the works. Uh, February 20th, I'll be at Caroline's, maybe doing Damone, maybe doing Michael Caine. I don't you know, whatever. Uh, hopefully, they'll have an extra microphone for me this time. Uh, otherwise, I don't really have anything going on uh, but the the Goodfellas has become really complicated because it's all voiceover, and I have to do it a completely different way. So I'm not sure what to do. Joe Mackey is the only one right now that I have in. Uh, I think he's going to play Henry. Not sure. I'm, I'm waiting on Colin Quinn's decision. It's possible after I get off. He may do it. I asked Susie Essman. Uh, Mike Buschetti, of course, will play Maury. I don't see how you can have it any other way. And um, right now that's uh, the plan. But it's going very slow. I know I've said this before, but this one's really different because there's so much voiceover. There's not a lot of dialogue. So I just hope I get it right because I don't want to just have a bad one, you know, where everybody's like, well, this wasn't your best one. You know, like I always want people to say like, boy, this is your best one. Or if they just say it wasn't your best one, but it's still good. Um, I'm, I'm good with that too. But maybe I made a mistake with Goodfellas. Maybe it's, um, I don't know. I got to find a new way to present it. And, you know, I'll figure it out. Right? I have to. I still have a month. So uh, I'll get that. And otherwise, I don't know who's... I got a couple of guests coming up in the podcast. I'm just not sure when. 
uh, you know, I'm going to have Matteo come up and um, uh, this uh, guy, Johnny O, who, uh, John O, who I meet at the Nets game. This guy used to work for John Hughes. He, like, worked on Ferris Bueller's Day Off and stuff. I and mean, we got to talk to this guy, right? Uh, this is right up our alley. Um, I, I asked, I emailed Andrea McArdle. Oh, please. Oh, also, um, next week or two right after the Super Bowl, I'm seeing like a VIP performance. My friend Joe got me in a VIP performance of Dear Evan Hansen in the morning, like 1130 in the morning that we're going backstage. We're going to see how this new kid is. There's no way he could be. I mean, it's like, I have, have you anybody heard anything about Dear Evan Hansen since Ben Platt left? So we'll take a look and we'll let you know. Otherwise, I think, you know, oh, yes. Oh, let's sing again. This is my new auto tuner. I never knew that come a day. They sound horrible with it. When I be saying to you, good love slip away. Now that we know that it's true, don't, don't you know the kind of man I am? No. Said I'd never fall in love again But it's real and the feeling comes shining through I like the auto-tone, huh? Yeah! Got all the way back to 1985 38 special, but it's, uh, somebody else well, I like this guy's voice Sounds like a, this is what I heard at the Caroline thing That's what I thought about it. I heard it while they were playing it while people were coming in I'm like, what's this? I shazammed it? Now I can't get it out of my head And I hope I haven't done that to you or I hope I have. I mean, if you like it, then you can Spotify and we can all listen and, and, and it'll be a great day. Anyway, uh, next week, I don't know what the plan is, but I'll be here as always for your listening pleasure. Pleasure. And I just hope you're enjoying all the podcast merriment we're making. I think last week's podcast was really good. It's always good having guests, but it's also always good doing one by ourselves and just being together because we love podcasting. And everyone loves The Nightfly with Dave Juska. Anyway, I hope you all had a good time. I hope you have a great week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And we'll talk about that the week after. I'll see you, everybody. Have a great January, February week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>